Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You guys, welcome to Just the Sip. Today's sip is going to be interesting because I'm sitting down with my sister. I mean, we've been friends for... 11 years and I've seen her through it all and we kind of met on her first day of shooting Real Housewives and I've seen this woman blow up into like a cultural icon and it's been one of the most fascinating things to watch but behind the Real Housewife behind the diamond she's a mother a sister a devoted wife and most importantly she's just Kyle so please welcome Kyle Richards When I set out to do this episode of Just a Sip, I wanted us to talk like we talk in your closet. Okay. Because, I, you know, it's unfiltered, <laughs> it's fun, we do it. I'm not going to ask for the details of our text messages. I'm yeah, not going to go imagine, into that. Can we just talk about if those were ever found? If we got hacked and someone saw <laughs> the text thread between us for the last 10 years. Can you imagine? We'd be done. No. We, we would be living in Egypt. Never work in the town again. <laughs> never in our lives. I'll oh, maybe a little sip. Hold on. <laughs> you know what's funny? People always ask me to explain our relationship. And the best way I can explain it is, have you ever seen Avatar? I actually did not. Has anyone ever seen Avatar? <laughs> you know the moment where he jumps on top of the horse and then the hair braid goes into the other hair braid and the horse was meant for him. It just seemed like we were like literally meant for one another. Oh my God, that is the That's funniest what it, Obviously, it just felt like we were meant for one another. And honest to God, we were only supposed to be together for 90 days. And then so 90 good. days turned into six years. And then six years turned, turned into 10, 10 years. And believe? now we're like inseparable. Can you believe? It's crazy. When I first started season one, I had never had an assistant. I never had anybody help me do stuff. I did everything myself. And so Allie Landry, my friend, said, you're going to need to have someone help you. You're going to need an assistant. And I was like, well, I, I, don't, I don't know how to delegate. And, and I, I'm the worst. I, don't, I wouldn't even know what to say. The worst. So Justin came to work for me. And so I, I didn't know what to do. And I said, I, I, we both sat there. And I was like, I don't know. I really don't know what, what you're supposed to do. And he said, do you want me to get you a coffee? And I was like, okay. I was like, that sounds like I've seen out the movies. So my kids are in a religious school and in a Jewish school. And so I was filming. And I said to Justin, I need you to take latkes to school. And he said to me, are those lattes with vodka? Like who the? I had never met a Jewish person in my life. He'd never heard of a latka. So I was like, oh my God, it was the funniest thing I ever heard. So then another time I tell him, I need you to take 
holiday cookies. She was not specific. She was not specific. Holiday cookies to a Jewish school. There are like rabbis walking around. What does he take? Santa Claus. It was a Hanukkah bush disguised as a Christmas it was tree. Santa Claus cookies. Almost died. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I, I mean, can you imagine? You know, the little girl's mom. Assistant shows up, Justin walking in with the Santa Claus cookies. Wait, wait. Did you die? <laughs> so when I first started working there, she refused to let me pick up Portia or drive Portia around. Even though and it was this far away from the house. This far away. <laughs> I could literally spit my gum to the house. And I remember, like, in season two, they had finally, like, scheduled her, like, a 245 scene, which means that she couldn't pick up Portia from school, which it was like, finally, I get to, like, pick her up. <laughs> Because she would literally go from one side of town, come home, pick up the kids, drop them home, and then go to the other side of town. I'm like, you can make this much easier. Just let me pick up your kids. She would never let me do it. I get to school one day, and I walk in, and the lady looks at me, and she goes, who are you here to pick up? And I'm like, Portia Umansky. And she goes, oh, my God, it makes total sense. (laughs) And I was like, what? And she goes, oh, go look at her. She's in the corner by herself playing house, and her baby just happens to be the blackest thing you've ever seen in your life. Only would carry a black doll. Only would carry a black doll for the longest time. Since she's a baby, yeah. Is it so crazy that my best she friend is an 11-year-old? She would run to go and get that black baby and wrap it up and hold it so nobody else could get that baby. She is so goddamn And then cute. don't make me tell everybody that you would use her as a prop to try to oh, you know, get people's attention. Oh, I am not ashamed of that. <laughs> I would take her to the some park. Some people use a dog. People, some people use a dog. I had a curly-haired, half-Russian, Mexican, <laughs> European could, could Jew be your child. who could have looked like me. Like, yeah. who literally could have been half she, of you me. You had the same hair. With the same hair. And I used to love when they would go on vacation. Because when she would come back, she'd be a little tan. And I would take her to the mart. And I would just, like, parade with her around. On and, your shoulder. On her shoulder. And people thought that she was my child. You'd say, oh, time. look at this single dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm not from Beverly Hills. Oh, and really? when I moved here, <laughs> you were one of the first people that I met. And I had this whole idea of Beverly Hills women. And it was very obvious to me that you took the road less travel. You didn't marry the rich older man, got the rock, had the kids, and lived a very boring life, like most women (laughs) do. Why was that? I fell in love with who I fell in love with. And we decided to make it together. When I met Mauricio, he was just the sweetest, nicest guy, and he was amazing with my daughter. You know right off bat that he was going to be... I knew right away that this was going to be my husband, and we would be together forever, for sure. And I didn't, you know, I I hoped that, you know, we would do well and succeed in life. But if we didn't, I had a backup plan. What was your backup plan? Our backup plan was to move to Vail and he would teach skiing and I would just take care of the kids and like, you know, be a stay-at-home mom and bake cookies. (laughs) 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 But not even sell the cookies, just bake them and eat them. But look, I mean, you were a Hollywood actress. Your older sister married a Hilton. Your younger, your other older sister married a Davis. Was there expectations for you to marry this like powerful family? Um, no. I mean, well, I was my I was married first when I was younger. Don't mm-hmm. forget, I was married. and I had Farah, and um, who was a, a great guy, by the way. But I just, you know, I was a, a single mom, and you know, 
it really does when you're a single mom helps weed out the bad guys. I mean, no no players were knocking on my door. Okay, <laughs> let me tell you, there really wasn't. So that was like a really good filter for me. But um, we just fell in love, and we were so happy that you know when we were first married, we were in a two bedroom apartment, and we stayed there. You know, for three kids. Yeah. And, you know, I was clipping coupons. A friend of mine, I remember, taught me about coupons. I had never heard of them. <laughs> I mean, no, I heard of them. Let me, let me reiterate. Let me, let me say that again. I had heard of them, but I didn't know how they worked. And then she told me that, you, oh, yeah, you cut them. And then if it says a dollar, it's actually $2. And I was like, oh. So then, you know, me with my OCD. I was oh, like, you were on I it. was getting that newspaper, <laughs> cutting those things. And I was like, I have a little Ziploc. <laughs> Going to the market after I dropped my kids off at school, and I would use, and I was like, oh, they would take like thirty-four dollars off the market bill, and I'd be like, I'm going to BB, and I'm going to buy a tank top. That was like my <laughs> thing. So yeah, I didn't care. It's like you know, and then that was your life. If I have it, great, I'll spend it. If I don't, I'm, I'm, if you're happy, you're fine. But okay, you were a Hollywood actress. You had notable roles. You could have kept that career going. Why did you stop it? I got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> but no, women work all well, the time. I know, but when I had my baby and I was so young, I mean, there was just no turning back. I, I could never have left her for a second. So at that point, I'd worked my entire life since I was like three, four yeah. years old. My first TV series, I was five years old. So it was just like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Like, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even leave my house practically for, you know, the first year. You know, my friends, when I would say, you know, oh, I'm pregnant again, they go, oh, no, Kyle's not going to leave the house for a year because... You know, you're home, you're breastfeeding, you know. I'd sit home with my baby, watch reruns of I Love Lucy. Like, I don't want to go to work anymore. <laughs> I'd much rather be with my baby. Uh, you were brave, bitch, because if my husband looked like that, his ass would not be on TV. <laughs> I would keep them get locked up. In, I'll be like, go to Vail. You can go teach your skiing lessons while yeah. we're filming. You are not going to be here. Oh, trust me. There's been times I'm like, you know, I'm going to have to recast him. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. Yeah, no, my, I remember someone saying, like, you know, don't keep talking about how cute your husband is. And I was like, why not? What's the big deal? And then it's, like, all the messages, you know, and people saying things to him. I'm like, you know what? This is my We've been together 25 years. You better back off. Do not mess with my husband and me. Does he ever get the dirty DMs? Well, by, by the way, he doesn't even know how to check those, <laughs> by the way. So if you're sending them, you'll be getting a reply from me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother. Don't bother. Don't bother. His handle is at Kyle Richards 18. No. Just hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Never mind. Uh, uh, anywho... Um, but yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, we just laugh about all that stuff. But I don't get it. No one hits on me on Twitter or Instagram. Because you're obsessed with your husband. <laughs> you are I'm obsessed like, with your husband. Where are my tweets that I, you know, I'm like, oh, honey, look, someone's hitting on me. Look at this. Oh, they like my hair. Who's the one you would risk it all for? Who's the one you would risk it all for? People always ask me that question. I can't even take that question seriously because I would not risk anything with anyone. In an alternate universe. No. No one. I can't even answer that. Yeah, I can't. I wouldn't. There's nobody. There's nobody. You're that obsessed with your man. I love my husband way too much to ever, yeah. I don't, people say, oh, Brad Pitt, this one. They don't do anything for me. There's no one that does anything. My husband does it for me. And that's your answer? Yeah, it's my answer. The first time I ever went to your house, I was expecting people to be jumping out the walls. Because in Beverly Hills, there's this stigma that you have all kinds of help. But that wasn't your jam. You like to do it on your own, even though you could have had countless people. Why is that? My mom, when we were growing up, she made us do everything ourselves. 
you know, we had a housekeeper, um, but we were we had to make our own beds. We had to wash our own cars. There was no going to get, you know, your hair blown out the dry yeah. bar. We had to do our own <laughs> hair. And, you know, she'd have, like, my aunt cut it or she would cut it. And I'd have, like, bangs, like, you know, crooked bangs. We had to paint our own nails. We didn't get to do any of that stuff. And we were working. So we were working, making money, and we weren't allowed to, like, you know. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, let's go to Neiman's and get your back to school. No, that was not my life. It was not opulent, like people no, would think. No, not at all. My dad was very successful. My mom had, you know. They had beautiful cars, and we lived in a beautiful house in Bel Air, but my mom was just not like that. She didn't raise us like that. So because of that, I know how to do everything, and I like to do everything. You know me. I'll color oh. my hair myself at home. By the way, Check my Instagram. no nails today because <laughs> this is how Teddy, she, we tease each other because I will not even like have my nails done. Now, my daughters, when I see them, I try to raise them how I was raised, but it's very hard now. Because no, it's tough. Really hard. How do you do it? What I do is like, for example, the kids will say, can I please get my hair blown out? And I'm like, I, then I'm like, I sound like my grandmother. I didn't have my hair blown out to 2000 or whatever. So I'm like, okay, well, they do make it easy now and it's not as expensive as it used to be. So I'll say, okay, as a treat, you know, I'll take, you know, Portia sometimes, you know, she has like a school event and then I'll say, but you know, I never got to do this and you know, you need to learn to do these things yourself. Yeah. And I try to make it a conversation. But what are you going to do? Because the other three girls know the two bedroom apartment. Portia right. will never know the two-bedroom apartment. I talk about it. We talk about it. I'll talk about it with her all the time. Like, I'll, she says that she wants to be a world traveler one day. That's one of her dreams. And she's been... She watched too much Dora. I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> too much Dora the Explorer. So, but I say to her, you, you know, you already are on your way because she's been so many places in the world that I'm just going to now. She's going now with me, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, the first time I was in Italy, she was with me. First time I went to Israel, she was there. I mean, she's been to so many places. And I said, you know, we didn't, I didn't get to do that growing up. I was working and, you know, your sisters, we weren't in that position. And she really realizes that and appreciates it. We talk, I think it's just important to talk about it, you know? Do the other girls get jealous? Um, no, not at all. But Farah will, you know, sometimes I'll get a text from her saying, are you kidding me? You got this for Portia or you let Sophia go here? Because Farah's curfew was 11 o'clock until she went to college. Yeah. But by the way, she never complained. And I was like, I mean. Was there room for complaints, though? I feel like as a mom, you not. are like, this is what's happening. We're talking about the woman who once followed a school bus to a field trip to make sure her daughter got there safe. Like, that's who we're talking and, to. Yes, and then I also was told by the school that I couldn't watch the playground because it was scaring the children. <laughs> Literally, fair at preschool. They're like, you're, you're scaring the kids because I had a video camera coming over the fence. You're a creep. I didn't, I didn't know what they were going to do to my child. Um, I, I was very strict with her because I was overcompensating for being such a young mom. Yeah. Now with Sophia... I, you know, her curfew was midnight, and but they'll tell me, you know, they have friends that, well, they don't have a curfew. I'm like, well, then their parents don't love them, okay? How about that? <laughs> I'm sorry. You talk about your anxiety on the show a lot. How does anxiety and motherhood work out together? When my kids were little, it was very bad. Um, you know, I was scared of every little thing. Like, you know, Farah slept on my chest for the first eight months of her life because I was worried about, you know, the SIDS and the you, crib. Yeah. No, so I'm not put the baby in the crib. Not happening. Not happening. No, I was like, there will be no crib then. Because <laughs> so, they would, you know, I don't want to say it. it's like the law. So I put the baby on my chest and she would, she slept there for eight months. But as, you know, I got older, as the kids got older, I got, it kind of shifted. Then it became, what if something happens to me and I can't take care of them? Yeah. And so that meant, what if I got sick? 
I don't want to get on a plane. I, if I get in a car and someone drives too fast. So all of that stuff that put me at risk to not be there for my children is what scared me. So, and I couldn't, I couldn't talk myself out of it, so. Do you still get that way now? Uh, yes, of course I do. Depends on what's going on in my life. Like, the, the show can kick up my anxiety for me, honestly. Um, I can be better and be like, oh, you know what, I'm good now, it's all good, it's gone, I think it's gone forever. And then, you know, all of a sudden, one thing will trigger it and it's like, oh, knocking on my door, I can it's feel coming. it's coming, it's coming. But no one <laughs> understands how deep your anxiety gets. That's what I'm saying, like I joke about it. See, the thing for me is joking about my anxiety and talking about it people makes me feel better. A lot of people I know um, don't talk about it and keep it to themselves and they'll go to a therapist and all that and I personally find to talk about it just makes me feel better. It's like, yeah. no offense, but everybody's my therapist now, <laughs> so thank you. And it makes me feel better. And then you realize, oh my gosh, so many people have it and they don't want to talk about it until they realize someone else has it. And then they open up and it's just, you, you can find humor. I can find humor in anything. And yeah. it's it's ridiculous, some of the things I do with this thing. <laughs> it's the craziest thing ever. Because you never know what you're going to get. If you get the text at 5.45 in the morning, that means she can't sleep and something's numb. Something's always numb. There's a finger, there's an arm. Yeah, the arm. But you joined the most stressful show in the world. But take me back to the beginning of it because you're now a mother of four. You have a one and a half year old. Your husband is seemingly doing well at his job. You're living in Bel Air and you get a phone call to join Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. What was going through your mind at that point? My first thought was, you know, I had always want, wanted to act my entire life. I was like, I'm going to be like Betty White. I'll be active my whole life. And I thought, well, I don't want to do reality, and I don't want to do soap operas. So my first thought was, well, I don't, I don't, and to me, reality was like uh, the, uh, the Osbournes or, you know, yeah. the simple life. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to do that. That's not what I want to do. I want to act. And, and then, you know, it came up again and again, and I was like, okay, well, let me, you know, look into this whole situation. And next thing you know, I find myself not able to leave my house and want to get my entire family out of the house so that I could watch The Real Housewives of Atlanta with my popcorn alone in my room. Because it was on at that point. Yeah, and then I was like, oh. But I didn't get that, like, it was, I just thought that was what's going on in those women's lives. But I thought, oh, well, okay, I could do this. But, you know, we're, we're not going to argue. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fine. And then the, that first trip we went on, Camille and I had an argument off camera. I was so upset. I was in tears. And I remember being on the plane back, and the producers were like, typing away and I was like am I in trouble I remember thinking that I may be in trouble that I got in a fight with Camille I didn't know I didn't know you had what, no clue I didn't know what the show was really about I didn't know what I was dealing with little did I know they were loving every minute of it that was kicked off our season one and you know. so there was almost not a Kyle Richards on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because you weren't into it from the beginning I was like no I'm not gonna do that that's not my cup of tea I'm just but then once I opened my mind to it I thought well wait this is actually amazing because I could be working have a you know a, a gig whatever job whatever you call it yeah and still be with my kids they're just gonna be filming us hanging out so amazing yeah well nine years later cut to panic attacks anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> not that it's the show's fault I already I came in like that but yeah when did you realize that it wasn't a show anymore that it was something bigger because I, I remember know. watching I remember the you first. you telling me. I don't think you realize what you're doing. <laughs> I remember. You know, I literally remember halfway through you filming the season, and you kept on talking about it like it was this one-off show. Well, and it was I, like it's going to be done in a month and a half. 
And I was like, that's not how it works. Like, you're Beverly Hills. This is going to be the biggest turning point for Real Housewives. It's going to become this huge franchise. You thought it was going to be something that was you a drop always, in the bucket. You would always say to me, say, I, don't, I don't think you realize how big this is. I don't think you realize how big this is going to be. And I was like... What do you mean? I because you had already been a fan of the, the franchise, yeah, and I, I had to like I watch Atlanta to get the feel. But then I was like, oh, I mean, they're you know pulling their wigs off and all that stuff. <laughs> What's going on with these people? Meanwhile, we don't pull wigs off, but geez, sometimes that close. seems better. <laughs> it gets close. But what was that one moment, whether it was season one or season three, where you were like, wow, this is something bigger? After season one, I mean, um, like every outlet you can think of reached out to us to do interviews. I remember like 2020 did like a piece on, uh, you know, interviewed me about the whole, the fight with my sister in the limousine. I was like, what is going on here? Like everybody, every, everywhere I turned, it was like on every like news, every tabloid, every, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I remember seeing like my sister and I like sisters at war on a cover of a magazine when I was in the market with my kids and I thought, oh my gosh, what has happened in my life? Because growing up in television, Everyone knew you, and everyone was just, like, nice and sweet. There was none of this, like, you know, you know, social media and people, like, teams and Team Kyle and Team Camille. I was like, what is happening to my life here? Do you feel like the fans make it sometimes, the fighters, a little bit more intensified because you feel like people are playing to the fans? Oh, 100%. I know some people look at Twitter, get a feel of what the audience is, you know, feeling, and then they'll be like, oh, it was awful when so-and-so said this or did this, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's because they said that on Twitter. I get it. I see what's happening here. <laughs> you know exactly Yeah, the it's moves. their filter. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. People don't understand how hard it is not only to film the show, but you have to wait three months until the show comes out. So you're sitting with those decisions. Longer. Well, by the time, well, I mean, by the time we start, and then we, the it's like six months. Yeah. I have no life outside of the, the show. How many hours a day? I mean, it depends. You know, sometimes it's all day long. Sometimes they'll say, oh, we, you know, we're going to come and film you with, you know, they call it reality at home. We're just filming me in the, the house with the kids or whatever. But that can be three hours. But you have to build your whole day around. I don't really get to see anybody during those times because you know how it is. It's busy. The schedule is really – people don't realize also this is a year-round job because when we're not filming, then we're doing press and, like, I'm here today. Yeah. And I was at Access It's like, you know, you're – it's – I didn't know that when I signed up for this. I really <laughs> did not know. Was there ever a time you thought you would walk away? Of course. I mean, when? so many times. <laughs> when? Um, well, after season one, season four. What was the know. biggest one where you were like, this is not, this is f***ed up? I think season four. There was a lot. People forget, but, you know, everybody was being very mean to me. <laughs> season four and, was a rough one. Yeah, season, they were, the, you know, and like Lisa Vanderpump and Yolanda, and they were like, you know, They'd sit around just being, just not being nice. And there was like all the tabloid stuff and, you know, wanting them to bring it up and just, you know, yeah. going to the dinner and, you know, there'd be like hearts on everyone's place card except, you know, mine. And it was like, what is, it was just, I was like, this is ugly and it's negative and I have to go home and be a mom and a wife. It's, I, it's just too much for me sometimes. So. Yeah. 
But, you know, I, I think we've all felt that at some point. For sure. Do you ever take the drama home? I feel like your husband doesn't know what's happening he, when it's all going well, down. Well, that's why I have you, Justin. <laughs> because you will no, but listen to help important. me. I think it's important that sometimes husbands don't know the little things that are happening in wives' lives. And I say that because you were that way. Like, you didn't bring your drama from work home. I try not to because my husband is just not that kind of man that wants to get involved. He really doesn't. And if I tell him, he'll, you know, I always joke with him. I'll say, and you know, she did this and she said this. And he'll go, oh, that's the worst. That's like his, what, no matter what, my leg fell off. That's the worst. I'm like, why do I bother telling you anything? So I don't tell my husband because I don't want to hear, oh, that's the worst because then I'm going to want to punch him. <laughs> so I save that for, you know, you. Yes. Yeah, you and know, I'll eat so, it up. Yeah, <laughs> you'll eat it up. eat it up. No, but he's so funny. He'll give me such like, you know, Husband advice, I'll be like, you know, it was a whole situation because so-and-so is not talking to so-and-so, and I had to invite both. And he goes, honey, you would make your life so much easier to say, hey, buddy, listen, I'm not inviting you to this lunch because you don't fit in. I'll catch you next time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that is such a great idea. Let me just tell that to Let's somebody try that with He literally thinks that's good advice for me to tell a woman. Is there a rule in your marriage that your husband does not get involved with all of this stuff? Or is that just him by personality? That's just, just his personality. Do you wish sometimes that he'd yes. be like, goodbye, Elisa? <laughs> yeah, I do. There's been times in the past I'd be like, can you not be like, goodbye, Brandy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can remember having a fight with Brandy and then bumping into her. And he was like, hi, how are you? And I was like, don't you remember? <laughs> she was mean to me. You're like, and he's like, sorry, I forgot. And I'm like, but that's why we get along is I'm the same way. If you don't have a strong marriage, do not do the show because it will not survive. And I think that women who come onto the show who are having problems is because they're looking for a way out. They're looking for some independence. They're looking for something for themselves. So once they get the strength and the courage and, you know, and they kind of have a little, you know, independence they're that's they're out that's yeah. why you know that's why they, they, they call it the reality television curse no they came in with problems this was their out and it's sometimes <laughs> a blessing exactly do you ever have the conversation with your husband or your kids like are we doing this are we still gonna do this like is that always in your mind whether they want to do this as well yes well my kids never when we first started i asked them because it was like a group decision because I in the beginning I thought it was going to be everybody all the time I didn't realize you know even still I'd still ask them but um so it was a group decision and they all seemed up for the you know the right the, the adventure yeah uh but my kids don't really show up you know if they do it's a little bit here and there they have no interest to be in television Portia doesn't know the difference she's just kind of <laughs> she's, she's comfortable there. and she's like you know they used to have to bribe her to put a <laughs> microphone on and now she's like, oh, no, I'm not doing it. And they'll be like, please, Portia, the, the audio people that have known her since she's a baby. So, um, you know, they, they don't really care, you know, but they're, they're definitely not into it at all. So, What would make you walk away? Because we always talk about this. What would make me walk away when it's not fun anymore, when I'm, I don't feel inspired, you know, when I'm not um, just not enjoying it anymore, when the, the bad outweighs the good? Yeah. You know, I don't love L.A. like I used to. So. Are you going to leave Beverly Hills? I'm just saying. Wait. The original L.A. girl would leave Beverly Hills. A hundred percent. What are you waiting for? I st we have stuff to do. My husband has works. I'm, I'm working. So, But eventually I, I see myself somewhere else. We've seen you guys through three homes on Real Housewives. And when you started out, 
on the franchise. That sounds really crazy when you say that. Crazy. No, no, crazy. Yeah. You weren't the richest. <laughs> I said that in my opening, my tagline. But was it hard to walk on a show knowing these women had all this money? No. Because I was the it first one like, signed on to the show. <laughs> but it seems like some of the women went above and beyond, and some of the men on the show went above and beyond to make themselves look richer than they were. And then I, it I ended horribly. I don't think on show they actually did that. I mean, if you think a lot of the franchises, they do do that. Our show did not do that. I mean, Lisa's home and Adrian's home, um, that's, those are their homes. That's where they live. I mean, those are some unbelievable, some of the most beautiful homes in Beverly Hills. 100%. Um, and, you know, so I've just grown up around this and seen that. You know, I, I didn't feel that in any way, shape, or form. Um, if anything, I felt proud because people were like, wow, this show is like the real deal. Yeah. And I think people expected The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills to be the most fake of the franchise. And with season one, everything that was going on, they quickly realized, you know, people were like, wait, you guys are actually the most real of the franchise with the things that you're dealing with, you know? Yeah. You know, alcoholism and divorce and everything that happened with Taylor and Russell, everything, it was just like craziness. So, um, yeah, and I'm still very proud of the show, even though it's difficult at times. And I think that all of the women are incredible with what they're doing. I mean, I look at Erica Jane and getting up on stage and performing like that, or Teddy, what she's doing with her yeah. All In by Teddy Mellencamp, and everybody, Lisa Rinna, you know, what I'm doing, producing television, like, everybody's doing great. Lisa Vanderpump, she kills it at what she does. So, you know, in a reality television, it's hard to say, oh, I'm proud of being on the show, but yeah. I think these women are... They're all great women. You're still giving her props. I am, like, people might be surprised that you're giving Lisa Vanderpump I props I could still. never do what Lisa's doing. What she does with the restaurants and her bars and all that, and she's very hands-on with the flowers and the design. She's amazing at what she does. She really is. And uh, when she opened in Vegas, my husband and I looked at each other and said, she is going to kill it there. There's no still reply. a place in your heart <laughs> for Lisa. Listen, if she came back tomorrow and said, listen, I want to put this all behind us. Can we never talk about it again? Would you go back to that friendship? Oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing. Why do you think this fight went so far with her? Well, she said in an interview that I humiliated her. And Lisa is a very prideful person. And my intention was not to humiliate her. I think she felt humiliated. Yeah. But my intention was to be honest and tell her what happened on camera so that she wasn't shocked in six months when she saw the show. And we're encouraged to have these conversations on camera, not off, because if you have it off camera and then you see each other on camera, it changes the dynamic. That's why it happens like that. So I did not have, my intention was never to humiliate her ever. Do you feel like if she was in the same position or has she been in the same position in the past and things worked out differently? Like, has she ever approached you about something uncomfortable and you were like, I get it, you had to say this? Um, well, yeah. I mean, there's times, I don't get what she had to say, but there's times that I she's done things that I haven't liked, you know, like what happened in Dubai when Lisa Renna told me that Lisa was trying to, you know, telling her to throw, Lisa Vanderpump was telling Lisa Renna to throw me under the bus and, you know, all of this stuff. And I just kind of said, listen, I know you did this because I, I had known and we had talked about it in our hotel room Eat your chicken. earlier. I said, I know that you did that, and I love you, so don't, if this comes up, I just want you to know, I, I just don't I have to lie. be honest. Yeah, so just, um, trust, I can't, I'm the subject matter, so, and it was sort of like a uh, given and a known thing, so when it came up, I said, Lisa, we already talked about this, I know, 
just shut up. I'm gonna get your chicken and we'll talk about this. I love you, but let's, you know, no one understood that. But I was like, I'm willing to move on. Yeah. But um, it's, you know, it's very complicated, you know, to have a friendship on reality television. And we're all there. We're not a scripted show. It all happens naturally. And the reason is, is because we are encouraged to be honest. Like, if I'm going to say to you, I cannot believe so-and-so is acting like this. No, I, I've got to say to that person, I can't believe you acted like this. Yeah. You know, because you can't, you're not there. They're not the camera. You know, there's no flies on the wall. This is our life. We got to. We got to do it. In our no, life. for sure. Exactly. You got to be so there. It's difficult. Damn. Why don't you hold a diamond next year? I don't think I could do it. You don't? I don't think I, I could like do I could it. I feel like I could talk you off the ledge. No, because you know what? It takes a strong personality. You have to have a strong sense of Please. self. No, no, oh. you have to have a strong oh. sense of self. Oh, you did not say a strong sense of self. <laughs> you got to have a strong oh. sense of self. Please. I can't do it. <laughs> What's the most stressful part about the season? Is it living it or is it rewatching it? Is it the reunion? Is it the, the, the blogs? The most stressful part is when it's on the air. Why is that? You're seeing the things that people said that you didn't know, which is why I went to Lisa, you know, to her house that day to tell her this happened and, you know, um, and you're taken aback. Um, you're reliving all of it. You have all of social media fueling the fire, you know, tweeting to Lisa Vanderpump, I can't believe that so-and-so did this to you. And then she's like, I know, can you believe it? And you're like, I mean, stop. Come on. So all of that just makes it, it's just like everybody pouring their gasoline and throwing their matches, and you're just like sitting home on a Tuesday, like, <laughs> I don't want a live tweet. <laughs> I don't want a live tweet. What's so, the one thing that hurts your feelings when you see it? I won't say mean catty things to make fun of people. When people do things like that, I get my feelings hurt, like, you know. Just, yeah. So I'll be honest about how, how I feel about something, but I'm not going to, like, um, you know, make fun of somebody or something like that. Yeah. So when I see some things like that, I'm like, gosh, that wasn't very nice. I'm like, how am I on the show? <laughs> I remember Yolanda once, like, made fun of my hair. And I was like, what are you wow. making fun of my hair for? And then I was like, well, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> I was like, what do you say to my hair? Like, what is wrong with me? Like, how am I even on the show? When it comes to social media, how long did it take you to realize that, yes, people may know, think they know you, but these comments can't be hurtful anymore? Or are they still hurtful? Over the years, it's gotten easier and easier and easier. But now I really do like, I also think that there's people tweeting on people's behalves. So, you know, I look and I'm like, oh, this one's going to be a doozy. I bet there won't be any followers. And it'll be like, just joined, you know, yesterday. <laughs> and yes. like, so I'm like, okay, whatever. They don't know me personally. They think they do. But the only people who know me are my friends and my family. So I really cannot let myself, you know, be flattered or hurt by any of these things. So I just keep it in perspective. Do you think reality TV brings out the worst in people? I think that it can bring out the ugly side of people, but I also think it can also bring out who people are. How long can you last on a show like this and hide your true self? Some people have no problem just being themselves and they take a lot of for it. Other people put up a facade and, you know, you can either see it or you don't. And sometimes it can be really frustrating when you see the good guy getting their butts, you know, Handed reamed to them. And, yeah. and then the, the, the bad guy, you know, being praised. It can be really frustrating. I always think about, you know, when I was a little girl on Little House on the Prairie, people would say like, oh, Nellie Olson must be so awful. You don't even know what this means probably. Mm -hmm. But she was so sweet. And Mrs. Olson was so sweet with all the kids. And then some of the cast that you thought were like the sweetest with the kids Turned out to be the weren't so great with the kids. So I'm like, you never know. Whether it's scripted television or reality, you don't really know. So just saying. <laughs> you got to be careful. And I'm not talking about Michael Landon because he was amazing. So. 
<laughs> the one thing that kind of sort of, and I'm looking back on it now, and I think we may have fought about this in our relationship. We have never had a fight. We had one fight. I'm going to tell did? you what it is. I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. Okay. When we first started Housewives, your husband was making a good living. We were living comfortably, and I say we. And oh, you, are you, oh, is this at the Amex bill? No, no, I'm not you talking about the Amex. No, no, I'm not talking about the Amex bill. <laughs> but we're gonna go to that. No, we're gonna go to that next too. I'm gonna put this in the name, the Amex bill. Yeah. You know this thing? I always call it the housewives' rite of passage. It's what a housewife will slap her name on and put it out. Like there will be like a Ramona, like um, beef jerky out there, or like a <laughs> Countess Luann calculator, bitch, and never added. <laughs> in her life or like nini will like go ahead and put on some like something weird something random and these offers would come in and i'd be like what the f take these this money and you would never do it mm -mm. you would never in your life do it why is that because i didn't want to do anything that didn't feel true to who i am and i didn't want to do something that all the housewives were doing like people say oh can you do this you know whatever skin or uh, a drink or whatever i'm like no that's too I don't want to do that. And I, if it's not organic to me, I just didn't want to do it. And I was fortunate enough to be in the position where I didn't have to take it. So I waited. And that's why I'm, you know, being, you know, making television and all that. Just, that's what I've done my whole life. So yeah. I'm happy that I saved it for those moments, you know. Bitch, there was one that came in <laughs> from KY Jelly. I will never forget that. For $100,000 <laughs> for true. one <laughs> post. And I was like, we could do a lot with this money. Could not do it. You, we By went the way, back that was a hard one to pass up. I'm we not went back lie. and forth. We went back and forth on that one. Yeah, you know why I couldn't do that? I couldn't embarrass my kids. For $100,000, bitch, I would embarrass your kids. <laughs> nope, could not do it. <laughs> Can you imagine my Instagram, the KY Jelly? Damn. Yes, and I By could way, also I still, imagine. I, I still wouldn't do it now. Offer me two fifty. I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted my husband and me together for the KY Jelly ad. That is... You'd be like, like, I have a black brother here. We could throw him in for 50 more cents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have took. Can we pretend Justin is my husband? 100%. Oh, my God. No, we have to talk about the Amex bill, though. So You want to tell your side of the story? You want to tell, tell how you threw me under the bus? Well, every time my husband, like, the Amex bill would come, I would just casually, like, have to be out of the house. Because I knew it was coming. And it was like, you, you, you can't hide it because then you don't pay it on time. So you had, you had to bring it in the house. So who'd I you leave? Who'd you leave there to well, fend for themselves? You had your own. Don't even pretend. You know, oh, but hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> that my husband paid. This is what Slick Rick would do right here. This is what Slick Rick would do. She'd be like, ooh, those new YSLs just came out. Ooh, did you see those? I tried them on. Go see if you like them. Pick between the purple and the, and the cheetah. <laughs> And that's how she would set me up. Because then I'd be like, ooh, yeah, girl, let me go to Saks and check these out. So I would get there. I would go to the guy in Neiman's. And I'd be like, hey, Kyle. And he'd be like, come over here. He'd take me to the back room. He would point out which ones. I would call. I'd be like, we have too many black ones. Let's get the cheetah ones. For the longest time, there was like 10 <laughs> pairs of these YSL stacked heel crossed in the front strap back. What she would do is she would make me charge half on her Amex, and then she'd make me charge the other half on mine so Maurice <laughs> wouldn't see the full charge on hers. Or just have you pick it up, and then you would get the blame. And you'd be like, blame. why is Justin's Amex bill so high? And, I'd, and Justin would be like, we're running out of the house. <laughs> he took us to dinner one night at Chew. I will never forget this. And he literally sat across from us like we were children. Che teenagers in teenagers trouble. I'm literally sweating thinking about that Amex bill. Hey, Amex bill. I hate talking about Amex bill. was like, oh, my God. Like, 
you two have got to stop. Y'all are the worst. I'm like, me? Fraud. And she'd be it's like, fraud. It's she's definitely like, no. fraud. She's like, no, we, we didn't do that. But it's funny so because, funny. you know, I've seen you guys work your asses off. You've built an empire on your own. Your husband has built an empire on your own. Yet you still spin like you're living at the end of the well, road. Well, depends on what it is. Now here, I'm penny wise, pound foolish. I'll be really smart about certain things, but not when it comes to my bags. Tell me what it feels like when you get your first Birkin. <laughs> like, what's the feeling? Is it euphoria? Do you cry when it comes out the bag? Um, it's you know, it's just it's this whole thing with the, the Birkin bag, which just makes me laugh. But it's like. It's just the quality and what it is, and you know, it's just like it's just so timeless, and you just love it. No, I give know. us the experience, okay? Because it's a full experience. Well, I'll give you the, when you an get experience the that I said to one of my friends. I'll, I'll tell you this one experience that the story makes me laugh. So we were in Paris, and I, I, I took my best friend since second grade, Laureen, with me, and I walked in, and I had never been to that Hermes, and I knew Michael from Hermes. You know, that's where that's the yeah, the flagship that's a flagship. Store. So I went in, and I'm like, "Do you have any Birkins here?" And they're like, "Nope." And I was like, oh, yes, I'm not, it's not going to work out here this time. So I said, is Michael here? And they said, he's in the office. And I was like, oh. And they, like, turned away. And I was like, mm, whatever. So I, I left, and I, I walked down the street. And then they're like, excuse me, miss, could you come back? And I was You're like. You're being invited in. And my heart starts racing. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going back. we got to go back. we got to go back. They're calling us back. So they walk us upstairs to this private room with, like, these double doors, like, wood panels, like, gorgeous art. And I'm looking You're at my friend. You're being way into Batcave. Yeah. So then he comes in, Kyle, how are you? We say hello, this whole thing. Could we get you something to drink, some champagne? I mean, the office is, imagine, like Hermes in Paris, right? So he goes, let me see what I have. And he leaves for a minute, and I look at my friend, and I go, just so you know, I don't care what it is or what color. We have to buy we it. Have, we, have, we don't have a choice. <laughs> we have to buy it. I don't care if it's awful. My friend was like, what do you mean? I'm like, just so you know, I don't want to hear anything about it. You're like, walk around the corner, yeah. give that man your kidney, yes. tell him that you'll take, you know, an invoice on it. Yeah, so he came back, and he literally brings me like, the worst possible thing. It was like burgundy and something like I already had something that color, and I was like, oh, oh God, oh. this is uh, so nice of you to offer this to me. So I, and I passed up on it. I know, I know. And then I was like, I'm done for. <laughs> I'm you're done you're for. fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you're never getting another Birkin again. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sipping with us. Thank you. In the words of Ken, <laughs> goodbye, Kyle. <laughs> goodbye, Justin. <laughs> Vanessa, what's up? I am so fascinated by your guys' friendship. I feel like you only got like 10% of it. I love it though. Like, I feel like when you say we're, we're soulmates, like, I really see that, and I believe no, it. we're honestly, like, soulmates. And by the way, we're on the same wavelength at all times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember watching Simple Life, mm -hmm. and it was, like, one of the seasons where Paris had all the kids at her house, and they were swimming, and this one kid was, like, struggling to get to the wall, and you see this woman kind of just get in the pool with, like, a full thigh-high boot. She like, gets in the pool and gets out in suede boots, and she just grabs the kid and doesn't say a thing, and it was her. And I, I thought to myself at that moment, like, I want to be that bitch. Yeah. Like, I want to be wow. her. And literally eight years later, we met. And we you were have like been meant inseparable be. ever since, yeah. swear. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. There's never been a time where we haven't talked. Right. Like, even when she's busy, even when I'm traveling on the road, 
if you we always laugh about our details in yeah. text messages yeah. that if we ever got caught if anyone ever finds them You're, you would be screwed your careers we, would be over we, our careers <laughs> would be over but like because we laugh about the craziest things yeah. like we just laugh about the most insane things in the world yeah i connected to her on a deep level when she was like telling her story about anxiety and becoming a mom yeah. Because it's so true. I mean, she was saying she had it before, but that it was just so much more heightened after she had children. Everything is terrifying. Yeah. It is so true. And you don't realize it until you actually have a child that like the world is so scary. No, it's the craziest thing. And you know, the funny thing about the way we are now and, you know, the Kobe Bryant thing just recently happened. Yeah. I know the things that, we see in the news, I know exactly what's gonna trick her. And vice versa. And she'll hit me up and she'll send me something and she'll say, I knew this probably got to you today. Or I'll hit her up and say the right. same thing. It's just, I don't know, it's nice to be connected to somebody. Everybody just needs that one friend that's like really just, not your husband, not your wife, but that is your person on a different yes. level. Yes, yeah. and I could tell you this right now, if she and I ever, like robbed a bank or she was like, you know, like something <laughs> happened. Like we're just taking it to the grave. Like that's how, that's how she is. You uh, know what I mean? My favorite thing was your Amex story about oh. the Amex shenanigans. Oh, the I shenanigans. Was like, I love these f***ing too. It's like so the much. shenanigans. I mean, there's just, I could go on and on about her because this interview really, I felt it was very revealing. But like hearing her talk about like clipping coupons and like painting her own nails and like dyeing her own hair. And as someone who is not a rich housewife, I highly relate to that, obviously. That and I love that hair. she still does that on her own. She still dyes her hair. She's so like authentic. She's just like a real person and she's like the girl who just wants to like have fun and talk and like if you're bringing good energy sit down and her husband is at times too and you're gonna be on the show a little bit this season yeah yeah i'm in the middle of all the drama this season oh i pull a weave out bitch when's it coming i throw a glass of wine do like, you really it's, no, no not really oh, I vanessa, was like, come what? on vanessa I was like, what? oh my come god on. I would, well i would live for that you know of course no but it's like you know it's her real life so <laughs> yeah. i pop up in her real life yeah. we film whenever she whenever she needs me whenever yeah. you know production's like hey and are you gonna be here today like yeah let's do it yeah reality yeah. tv is the scariest I can't wait thing to ever see it. i hate i hate that's one thing i can't do is film a reality show. I know show. you always say that, but I really think you can. It's a different beast. I'm not I myself. Know. I know. Really it's, you're too self-aware. I'm too self-aware. And also, I can't be that unguarded. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you saw what happened on Daily Pop the other day. Oh, you, I love you. No. It's, I know. Was, I just I can't know. control my emotions like I that. Know. And you but, have to kind of sort of have a little bit of control or else because I, I have one bad night on Real Housewives and people are like, oh, you're oh, the guy from, yeah, you're the I gay guy that. who threw up and on himself <laughs> in front of millions of people in episode four of like yeah. days of West Hollywood. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast. You can follow me at the lady sitter. Don't worry. We'll be back next week with a brand new JTS and you do not want to miss it. It's a hot one.